Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh and I am joined here with Will. Hey, hey. Donnie. Hey. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? And I think this is the first time in what, about nine or ten episodes that all four of us are here at the same time. This is a this is a, a milestone episode, apparently. Uh, I gotta go. Hey, I gotta, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just decided against this. Goodbye. And then... But then we just leave up the next hour of silence, and then anybody listening to us is like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then Donnie then comes like, in at the end like, oh, I was here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this is our latest uh, episode of Cannon Fodder. So, we, you know, it's, it's Memorial Day. So what better way to celebrate this, this grand holiday than with Invasion USA, the Cannon Films classic from Chuck Norris. But before we get deep into it, and uh, of course, you know, we, we, we rate this in a different way. We rate it with cannonballs. This is our totally original, totally patented cannonballs <laughs> uh, rating system here. Um, so it's going to be slightly skewed a little differently than, like, you know, what our normal star ratings and, and all that. So if you, if you didn't listen to this is only the second episode of Cannon Fodder. Um, what the third or fourth time we've done a canon film, I think we we kind of this, added up. Yeah. But, uh, but this is the first, or the, I'm sorry, the second official episode of Canon Potter because mm-hmm. so, we did No Holds Barred back uh, what a month and a half. Oh, two it was uh, ago. ten to midnight. Oh God, I'm I'm confusing. Uh, no, not even that. It was uh, over the top. Over the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're. Th- I'm, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Crafter piece. I'm 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 completely fucked up then. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Crapster Peace Theater, no holds board. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, we're all over the fucking place here. This is Cannon Fodder. This is Invasion USA. USA. This is Chuck Norris. So, uh, But before we get any deeper into it, I'll go ahead and throw, it, throw out the usual information. You can contact us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can go down to the link tree link in the show notes for all the links to our socials. Of course, we have patreon.com slash Show where you can become a patron of the show and get bonus episodes, early access to, uh, to these podcasts. You know, you usually get them a day to sometimes three or four days early, uh, depending on, you know, how fast we're able to record them and get them out. Uh, but you will get them earlier than everyone else over there. So, and, and tons of other stuff on Patreon. So patreon.com slash a spook show. And of course we have a T public page where we have logo merchandise and other cool designs, uh, all that stuff down in the uh, show notes. So, uh, without any further buildup, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer. For Invasion USA. international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 
18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Didn't work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. All right, so there's a trailer for that. So I guess we'll kind of go around the table real briefly, real quick, and uh, just kind of see what our history and uh, how many times we've seen this or anything. Will, I guess I'll start with you. Is this the first time, or uh, how many times have you watched this one? I've definitely seen bits and pieces of this one. This is the first time I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Donnie, what about you? I've seen this a few times. Smoke? Uh, more than a few times, probably. <laughs> I don't have a number, but I mean, you know, I saw it at the theater when it first came out once and then mm-hmm. on video quite a few times and then on whatever cable service. And I have it on Betamax and I have it on VHS and I have it on DVD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just, uh, was there a CED of it? Well, I guess probably CEDs were there kind was, of. I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when did, when did, uh, just not, not to go off on too far of a tangent, but when did CED like kind of die off? Was that. Well, actually, you know what? It, I don't know for sure, one hundred percent, if it did, because this is '84. This movie came out. It came. CEDs came out in nineteen eighty-one, and they didn't last too much longer beyond that. I don't. They might have. Maybe they made it eighty-four. You know, once we do the complete history on that, once we get back to you know, spotlight yeah. on home video and whatnot, uh, I can have more on that. But I know it didn't last long. Yeah, probably eighty-three to eighty-four. So it very well could have been put out on CED, but uh, not one hundred percent. It definitely well, didn't last. Like Laserdisc or any of those other off. This movie actually came out in 1985, uh, so maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But uh, my my history with this one is, uh, you know, I, I watched it a number of times back in the day, but it was like the edited version. Yeah, same. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched the total unedited version, or if I have, it's been a long time ago. Um, you know, probably back in the 90s at some point. But either way, it's been a long time for me, so. It might as well be a, a new watch. It's been so long. But yeah, this this is going to be a, a lot of fun to dig into <laughs> once we get to the movie. But some of the uh, little background information that, that I dug up, uh, some of the usual bits. Uh, it was released September 27th, 1985 by Canon Films. And then, of course, distributed by Canon Releasing Corporation. So this is a Golden Globus classic. Rated R, of course. <laughs> Total <laughs> Total runtime, one hour, 47 minutes. So it's a bit long, a bit on the long side for a movie like this, right? On IMDb, it's listed as an action slash thriller. Uh, it was filmed in the uh, in multiple locations around the Atlanta, Georgia area, and also down uh, around Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Fort Pierce, Florida. So all around those different areas from January to April of 1985. And like I said, it was released September 27th, so... In the in the in the the usual canon way, right? Uh, quick turnaround, for, but it was made for a budget of twelve million dollars, which is really high for a canon film. But it made a worldwide gross of seventeen and a half million dollars. Uh, I have I actually have the top ten that weekend, and you know since we uh, we don't always mm-hmm. do this, but since we have it, I'll go ahead and th- run <laughs> through it because it's kind of interesting. Number ten, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Number nine, Compromising Positions. I've never heard of that in my life. I mean, if so, it was a porn or something. 
Uh, number eight, uh, another another porn classic, Cocoon. Uh, number seven, Creator. Number six, Maxi. Once again, never heard of that. Number five, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Number four, Teen Wolf. Number three, and this is the one that this movie actually bumped off the from number one because the previous week it was number one, but it fell to number three because of Invasion USA. Back to the Future was in its thirteenth week and it got bumped by Invasion USA. Uh, then number awesome. Yeah. And then for some reason, number two is Agnes of God. I don't know how that got stuck in there. And then, and then invasion, (laughs) then invasion USA was number one that week and it made $6.8 million. So obviously most of what it made was that first week, but still uh, pretty impressive that it knocked back to the future off its perch. I guess before we get any further into any, any more uh, details, um, of course we have our recurring segment with, uh, Canon film guide author Austin Trunick. Uh, he recorded a little bit for us and sent it sent it over to us so we could uh, so we can play that for you here today. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, toss to that, and then that way we you know we won't reference anything later on that he talks about here. So uh, here's Austin. Hello, Austin Trunick here, author of the Canon Film Guide, the second volume of which was released the first week of May, just a couple weeks ago, and actually contains a full chapter dedicated to today's subject, Invasion USA. Now, Invasion USA actually began its life under the title American Ninja. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. This isn't the Michael Dudikoff, Steve James, mystical military martial arts movie we all love and adore. But hear me out. Menachem Golan, the head of Canon Films at the time, had been working on ideas to launch a new franchise of ninja movies after Shokasugi had fled for bigger opportunities outside of Canon. What he came up with was the title American Ninja and the plan to make it a vehicle for their new biggest star, Chuck Norris. Menachem essentially gave screenwriter James Bruner just that title, American Ninja, and said, here, turn this into a movie for Chuck. Now, up to this point of his career, James Bruner had only written Chuck Norris movies, and so they had a great working relationship. Bruner had written 1982's An Eye for an Eye and 1984's Missing in Action, which, by coincidence, had been Chuck Norris's biggest hit, and Cannon's biggest hit to that point. Now, the problem with his American Ninja assignment, though, was that Chuck did not want to make a ninja movie. One reason was that his marketability as a bankable action star was still on the rise at that point, really shooting upwards, and so he didn't necessarily want to do a movie where he'd have to wear a mask through all of the action scenes. The bigger reason is that he was already entering his late 40s by the time his career was taking off, and he was actively trying to get away from making movies that were purely martial arts films. He didn't want to be pigeonholed and eventually age out of his career. So even though he was a former karate champion, you can see that his movies in the 1980s were less and less about the kung fu, and they were mixing in more and more gunplay, rocket play, rocket launching, motorcycle play, what have you. He was playing more and more cops, more and more soldiers, and he'd be shooting nine or ten bad guys for every one that he roundhouse kicked. So basically, Chuck was like, I don't want to play a ninja right now. So James Bruner had a clever idea and thought, let's make you a CIA agent, but your code name is American Ninja. That's a workaround. And that's what they did. James Bruner wrote the script that essentially became Invasion USA, but with the caveat that Matt Hunter's code name was American Ninja, and he turned it into canon. Menachem Golan loved the idea and wanted to send the movie right into production. 
But he rightfully decided that he couldn't call the movie American Ninja when, well, <laughs> there were no ninjas in it. And Canon were basically kings of the ninja movie at the time. So they retitled this one Invasion USA and then recycled the American Ninja title. And that became the Michael Dudikoff classic that's so near and dear to our hearts to this day. Now, in my opinion, Invasion USA is probably the best looking action movie that Canon ever made. Not because they spent more money on it, but because the production value is through the roof. There's a scene where Richard Lynch rolls into an idyllic American suburb with a rocket launcher and just roasts the whole neighborhood. He blows up every house on the cul-de-sac. Now, that was a real neighborhood that was set to be bulldozed to expand the Atlanta airport. Cannon got permission to help with the demolition and wrote that scene into the script. Any studio would have built a bunch of facades on a back lot and then burned them down. But for Cannon, it was cheaper to find some real houses they could blow up. That's why the scene looks so real and so it's so memorable. Those, those houses had people living in them a couple months before shooting began. A similar thing happened at the mall shootout that's in the movie. There was an Atlanta mall that was gutting an entire wing for a renovation, so it was okay for Cannon to just wreck the place. And so they wrote a whole action scene around that. Every, elsewhere, there's, there's like scenes where they, get to, they could convince the National Guard to roll tanks into downtown Atlanta. That's stuff... The stuff that Cannon got permission to do in this movie is just just wild and hard to imagine, but it looks awesome. Now, my biggest knock on the film is that the plot makes very little sense, and yeah, that's that's true. It's really just one action scene after another without any explanation of how Chuck knows exactly where the bad guys are going to be at any given moment or what they're up to. There's one second he'll be in Florida, and the next scene he'll be thwarting evildoers in Georgia or something. And it's just bad guys doing stuff, and then, uh-oh, here's Chuck Norris, you guys are screwed. To me, that there's a charm to that, but in the book I actually refer to that as quote-unquote uh, Chuck Norris magic. But there's there's also a reason behind that. In the original script, we were supposed to follow the plot from the point of view of the reporter who's in the film, played by Melissa Prophet. She had a much larger role in the movie and would give updates on what was happening with the ongoing invasion to the USA. But in the editing phase, they didn't like her performance, and so they had to cut all of that out. So if it feels like there are, the plot of Invasion USA is full of holes, that's because they literally cut out scenes that were meant to connect all of the action in the film. Now here's another little piece of trivia that gets me too, but the reporter role... Uh, Melissa Prophet's role in the movie, it almost went to Whoopi Goldberg. Now, try to picture that. Chuck Norris had actually seen her in a play right around the time they were working on Invasion USA, and she was mostly unknown at the time. But he went to Canon, and he fought for her to have a part in Invasion USA. He thought she was great and very talented. But Chuck obviously lost out on that argument. Instead, Whoopi wound up making the color purple and winning an Oscar, though, so... It's safe to say things worked out okay for her. <sighs> rating. Rating, rating, rating. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a tough one. My heart wants me to give this movie a 5 out of 5. And gosh, you guys are probably thinking, why the hell did we invite this guy on if he's just going to give every canon movie a perfect rating? But you started this. You started the series with like two really good ones with Over the Top and Invasion USA. Invasion USA is one of my personal favorites. Out of Chuck's movies, my personal favorite period of the stuff he did with Canon. It's almost nonstop action. Uh, Chuck's not forced to do too much acting, which is 
never his his number one thing you want to see him do in a movie. Richard Lynch is awesome. He's a welcome sight in any movie he's in. And the production value, like I said before, the production value on this movie is through the roof. This looks like a big studio action movie, but was shot with much less than half of the money that, say, a Warner Brothers or Fox would have spent to shoot the exact same thing. And good on Canon for pulling that off. You know, give those guys a pat on the back. This movie looks awesome. And it's Invasion of the USA is a lot of fun. I will say that. So yeah, there's my rating, 5 out of 5. When you want to talk about Bolero or Hot Chili or some of the truly dreadful canon movies, I will. I promise I will give you much lower ratings. But And with that, guys, thank you for having me back on the show. And this is Austin Trunick signing out. All right, so as always, we appreciate Austin coming on and giving his two cents and, and some of the background yeah. information and, and stuff. It, it makes it a little... Uh, not, not only easier on us, but, you know, like he's he, he has such a uh, he's literally written like two encyclopedias of yeah. canon stuff. So like <laughs> all this stuff comes more natural to him. So he's going to have a lot more uh, you know background info that we may or may not have been able to dig up. So oh, it's yeah. always cool to have him on. And uh, we look forward to getting him on pretty soon to talk about uh, the canon film guide volume two that just released uh, here in the month of May. So. Uh, we encourage you to go check that out on Amazon, or, or uh, I'm not sure the other ways you can get it, but I'm pretty sure you can find it on Amazon. Yeah, can, yeah. and um, we encourage you to go order that and uh, follow him on uh, Twitter as well, he, uh, Canon Film Guide on Twitter. So uh, we appreciate you, Austin. Well, well, I guess before we get into the notes, I'll go ahead and run through the cast real fast. It stars, of course, Chuck Norris as Matt Hunter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, we need to just have a whole spook show spotlight on Chuck Norris. We, yeah, we should. <laughs> I mean, certainly should. Yeah. I mean, like what would be I guess the, the main things that most people would remember him from would be Walker, Texas Ranger. Right. The uh, missing yeah. in action films from the 80s. This was the mm-hmm. first in a six film canon deal uh, that he had after the success of the missing in action movies. One, one of the biggest action stars of all time and definitely of the 80s. It also stars Richard Lynch as Mikhail Rostov. Uh, now, now we were talking off air about Richard Lynch about how like his yeah. his appearance, right, uh, Donnie? Yeah. yeah, when I was growing up, man, I would, like when I watched this movie uh, growing up, uh, I always thought that you know his 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 burns were uh, uh, just makeup, but uh, no, it turns out he he um, it was 1967, I believe, or 1969. He took a bunch of acid and then set himself on fire. Which is, fucking, which is fucking crazy you know if you if you survive that but uh um but yeah that's that, i mean that's what is something similar his, uh, similar to that to happen to richard Pryor? i i don't know yeah, uh, I, <laughs> he was freebasing yeah and then uh, no. <laughs> i don't <laughs> think i guess uh Lynch's was probably like uh he's on a head full of acid and didn't know what the hell he was doing but, but yeah i think uh richard Pryor's was he was freebasing cocaine and then uh something happened where it's, it's like Boom. You know, it went up his hair and skin and all kind of stuff. Damn. That's, yeah. that's today's lesson, kids, that you'll learn on cannon fodder. Don't, <laughs> don't freebase. I think, a bit, bit, well, basically what ended up happening to uh, Richard Lynch is after he died, he donated his body to science. So right. he's been, you know, hacked up and, you know, probably just <laughs> dissected and who knows. <laughs> Maybe it went to help cure someone. A couple others to mention is uh, Melissa Prophet is Dahlia McGuire. She's the reporter that kind of pops in and out at random times throughout the movie. We've got uh, Alexander Zale as Nico. Of course, Billy Drago as Mickey. And that's a really small part, but Billy Drago went on to be 
in a, a shit ton of these types of movies. You know, definitely a recognizable face. And he, he's also the first dude that gets his dick blown off in this movie. So if you're wondering <laughs> who Billy Drago is, that's the guy. But the movie was directed by Joseph Zito. Did you guys have any notes on Joseph Zito or any of these, you know, any of the anything that I didn't bring up here? I did, actually. You know, kind of to bring a bring it full circle around to uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Chuck Norris was so pissed off at Joseph Zito that he didn't cast Whoopi Goldberg as the uh, lead or as the I'm sorry, as the reporter that he he, he swore he would never work with Joseph Zito again. <laughs> I'd like to personally thank Joseph Zito <laughs> <laughs> for not putting Whoopi Goldberg in it. Yes, I can't stand with Wilbur. Sorry. Though. Well, I mean, that would have been a pretty big get at the time, though. Right? Well, I guess I guess she was kind of a big thing by then, right? Uh, no, nah, I think you know. she was on her on her way up. But okay, so she hadn't quite got there yet. Either way. Well, Austin mentioned uh, that uh, he had seen her uh, in a play. But Joseph Zito, uh, he also directed uh, Blood Rage, but not the Blood Rage, you know, the Thanksgiving flick that we watched. It's a different Blood Rage from 1980. But he also did the Prowler. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, the first uh, missing in action. He only directed three more movies after Invasion USA, which is kind of weird considering he was on a pretty good roll there. But Should have cast a Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> you do not piss off Chuck Norris. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he was Chuck, the original Chuck, Rowan Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it had to do with missing in action in Joe Zito, and I uh, believe it was that they had completed a missing in action movie, and I forget who directed the other one. Or the Well, Technically, it was going to be the first one, yeah. but then Joseph delivered his movie, and it was they liked it much better, so they went with that movie as the first Missing in Action. And then the other yeah. movie that was going to be Missing in Action became Missing in Action 2. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was kind of interesting. I found this on IMDb. Up until 2007, this was MGM's second highest selling home video title behind Gone with the Wind. Wow. That's, that's hilarious. The, that's the only time you'd ever hear these two movies compared <laughs> on, <laughs> on any level. Yeah, I had a considerable chunk in that, <laughs> and the home video <laughs> rendering of uh, US, Invasion US. After I dubbed it off, I didn't have to rent it anymore. Oh, no. I, yeah, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, you could edit that out. That Norris, Chuck Norris got the uh, kind of the idea from Reader's Digest when he was reading an article about, article said something about hundreds of terrorists are loose in the United States right now. <laughs> and then he read that, and he's like, oh, that's kind of scary. And then what happened? What would happen if somebody, a leader type, you know, mobilize them where Invasion USA idea came from. You, you had mentioned uh, Aaron Norris. Actually, also uh, Chuck's son, Eric Norris, uh, was also, uh, he, granted he was young at the time, but uh, uh, he was also, he also had his, I think it was his first stunt role. So the, the Norris DNA is all over mm. <laughs> Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go! For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I just went over to old Audible and typed in Chuck Norris to see what would pop up. The first one that pops up is Against All Odds, My Story by Chuck Norris and Ken Abraham. And that one's uh, about seven and a half hours long. So obviously a, a biography there, or I guess an autobiography. But uh, even better, there's one called The Official Chuck Norris Fact Book. 101 <laughs> of Chuck's Favorite Facts and Stories by Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, that one's uh, over four and a half hours long. Are any of these read by Ch Chuck Norris? Because I, I feel like that would be a huge selling point. I, <laughs> no. 
Although that against all odds book is narrated by Michael Norris. So I'm, I would imagine that's uh, someone in his family, unless it's just random coincidence. <laughs> but <laughs> there's also another one by Chuck Norris here called Black Belt Patriot Patriotism. How to Reawaken America by Chuck Norris. And it's just him and like a karate gi on the front of it. So I don't know. I guess he's just going to kick the shit out of America. I don't know. <laughs> but that one's uh, six hours and 21 minutes long. So uh, That goes against everything Chuck Norris stands for. True, true. You're he's right. going to kick the shit out of America. I, well, he's going to kick the shit out of America to straighten us out. You oh, see. okay. That's, that's what we're all at. good. No. Yeah, we deserve it. But yeah, if any of that interests you over on uh, Old Audible, you can uh, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So anyways, kind of our, our new little way, instead of like going deep into the plot or anything, I just go over to IMDb and I search for uh, plot summaries. And, uh, you know, you normally find at least a couple that like random people have posted up. Of course, we've got the one line summary, uh, which really explains all you need to know. Most of these one liners do, let's be honest. But, you know, the other ones got go a little deeper. This one just says, a one-man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. So that, that'll get you there, right? That'll get you, that'll get you in the theater. Uh, but if that's not enough, uh, let's see. RCS0411 at Yahoo.com says, a terrorist, Rostov, is planning to unleash a reign of terror on the U.S. But before he does, he decides to go after Matt Hunter, former CIA agent who lives in Florida. Hunter once had Rostov's life in his hands, but on orders took him alive. And now Rostov is plagued by nightmares of Hunter killing him. So Rostov goes after him, but misses. So Hunter, who has already been approached by his former employers to go after Rostov, after initially turning down the job because he believed that they should have let him terminate Rostov when he had the chance, decides to go after him. But he is only one man, and Rostov has hundreds of men ripping the country apart. So how will he stop it? And uh, one last one. This is by Scott Lane. Uh, it reads, foreign mercenaries start a reign of terror in the southern U.S. Chuck Norris is a recluse who lives in the Everglades and is the mercenary's primary obstacles. <laughs> I like that they don't even put the guy like it's Matt Hunter. No, they just say Chuck Norris is a recluse. <laughs> he believes that this is really Chuck Norris doing this. <laughs> At least that's the way I read it. Um, so this is a documentary. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the biopic, you know. I guess, really, that's, I guess that's about all the all the setup and all the background and stuff I had. So I guess we can go ahead and get into the uh, the meat and potatoes here, the, the discussion. Will, you know, you, you haven't been here in an episode or two. I'll go ahead and let you uh, start us up. What what kind of uh, what kind of observation or point you want to make here about this movie? Uh, first off, I know I've brought something like this up in the past. At this point in my life, I'm into my forties feel like grenade launchers along with quicksand should have really been a bigger part of my life. According <laughs> to the, all these movies that I've seen growing up. Yeah. Your, your youth was misspent. Cause if you were preparing for, uh, you know, that, that there was always going to be war. So missile launchers were common and that anywhere you go, you might fall into quicksand. Then <laughs> you, you, that's you such were a great point though, man. You know? <laughs> Within the first 15 minutes of this movie, Rostov, you know, the main, the main bad guy here, yeah. he slaughters a boat of Cuban immigrants. Just, just fucking, yeah. just, they just murder like women and children and <laughs> they, they mow down at least what 50 to a hundred people on this boat. How many hell ever were on there? That's within the first hell. That's probably within the first five to 10 minutes. That's like the opening scene pretty much. Right. Yeah. And, and 
And then within within the next 10 minutes later, he shoots uh, Billy Drago's dick off. So <laughs> that's how we begin this movie. Yeah, we probably should have also mentioned that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. <laughs> yeah, well. So, you know, I mean, it, it, if you're listening to this, you probably already know. but Yeah, but you should pause this and go watch Invasion <laughs> USA. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, because, yeah. <laughs> otherwise. Which, I watched it on Tubi. Yeah, I believe it was on Hoopla and Tubi. And God, there was one or two other ways uh, we can look that up yeah. as we talk here. But um, yeah, it is it is available to stream and, and for free in various yeah. ways. Anyway. One of the things that to me that, that jumped out in this movie was the fact that they kept jumping from what essentially felt like action scene to action scene. Like, hey, this, <laughs> this stuff's going on. Oh, cutaway scene. And that's all I know. Oh, there's nothing to set up the next thing. It's just right. It's, right, just, it's just it's just hunters showing up in different places. <laughs> with no real explanation as to how he would have figured out where they are at all times. <laughs> like they're going to do something in the mall. He's there. They're, they're going to blow up a school bus. He's driving, he's driving down the road. I mean, the only thing that he didn't show up to was the fact that the dude showed up on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and what a, what a, uh, that, that whole scene. Are you talking about when like the boat, the, the, yeah, yeah, the invasion, yeah, the, the, the invasion boat show up? Yeah, yeah, like, like the D-Day invasion boats. Yeah, yeah, and they're like clown cars, too, because a thousand men got off those boats. <laughs> and, and how do we not realize that those are coming over? Like, it's a country. Yeah. Yeah, well, fishing boat. That's just a fishing boat. It's good. It's well, good. what you don't know is the only thing that's stopping an invading force is two teenagers having sex on the beach. Because as soon as he pops, you know, like, dude walks up with the gun with the silencer on it and kills both of them. And then all of a sudden, out of the darkness you know, four boats show up with 32,000 men aboard. I feel like there should have been a flashlight code for, Hey, these two people are hooking up. Let's give it about five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he should have hung his sock up on the tree or something. So they'd know. <laughs> so like they, this all happens like hundreds, hundreds of men come screaming off the boats. Like, yeah, let's fucking get them. And then they just run across the street to a bunch of conveniently placed trucks <laughs> that are parked maximum overdrive. Yeah, you know, like style, like across, <laughs> all lined up, ready to go. Like that's not inconspicuous at all. You know, like no one would have noticed all these random trucks just parked on the side of the road. And and, and this movie did it before at school. Uh, these terrorists are so culturally culturally diverse, and they're and it's kind of ambiguous yeah. too. Like they yeah. don't really yeah. peg it on. They don't really peg it on any one country per se. Like. Yeah. This yeah. isn't necessarily like Russia coming for us or something. This is just like it's a collection of international folk that are <laughs> that are joining forces because they're all mercenaries, I guess, and then they're just coming to cause chaos. Yeah, but I said you kind of—they don't mention it, but he is kind—I of, guess he's supposed to be Russian because he does. Does he speak Russian a couple of lines? It seemed like or whatever. I, gu I guess he's speaking some language. I'm assuming you know, I, yeah. uh, without knowing, I guess. And but plus the name Rostov. I mean, his, you know. his name is Mikhail Rostov, so. Yeah, but he, but like, not all of the men are Russian. Obviously, they're all just here's an Asian guy, here's a here's a Cuban guy, multi nationality. You know, spoke German, probably. Yeah, what was that? I think <laughs> that's me getting I, pissed, man. I think <laughs> I'm, about to I'm, start just, revolution. I'm just I'm just so <laughs> upset about this shit. I think Chuck Norris uh, just busted into your room there. It's time to die. <laughs> no, it's time. Remember this, remember this line, stone face, like you did through the entire movie. 
don't do not speak negatively of Chuck Norris. You can speak negative of the movie, certain aspects of it, but do not speak negatively of Chuck Norris. So the airboat drive by, like <laughs> Hunter's in his house with his fucking pet armadillo. And the Damn, armadillo. Why is the armadillo? It's like it got like it wasn't just one shot. It got two shots. Yeah, it like, it's over. It's so it's just over there goofing around with a bowl of milk. Like what the fuck is this? Like. <laughs> No, he, he's got a pet armadillo for some reason, and and there's this this I guess this silly guy that's his friend. His name's John Eagles, and uh, <laughs> so there's a there's an airboat drive by. I mean, literally like four airboats that drive up. They just fucking blow up his house, and then they just airboat away. <laughs> and they don't and they don't even check to make sure he's dead either. They're just like, yep, that did it. <laughs> but isn't this guy, you know, I mean, Rostov is really worried about Hunter. Like, we got to go kill this guy. We've got to stop everything and go kill this guy. They just blow his house up and then immediately leave. They don't check to make sure they killed him. <laughs> we did it. Yay. That's pretty <laughs> much, yeah. And then, well, so was- so Chuck Norris just, you know, kind of like, well, fuck. <clears throat> that that happened. So he burned the rest of his house down. He didn't check With the corpse of his buddy. Now, you saw the armadillo walk away, but he didn't check to see if the armadillo lived, right? No, he was so, just like, all right, peace. Yeah, the corpse of his buddy, John Eagles, is there. And then he just calmly burns the place down, gets on an airboat, and goes back to uh, John Eagles' place. Doesn't go in to tell anybody that, hey, uh, John Eagles is dead down, down the river over there. He just gets in a truck and just drives away. Yeah. It seems like there would have been someone you would have notified, like, hey, look, uh, this is pretty fucked up, but you know John Eagles? Yeah, he's dead. He's down the river. My 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 charred remains of my house. It's you know, you know where I used to live. See y'all. <laughs> no, no. Wait, why'd you burn him? Uh, gotta go. Viking funeral. I gotta go kill <laughs> Rostov. Who's that? What's going on? <laughs> I got a madman here. <laughs> so then they go to the neighborhood. Or there's there's a neighborhood. It's just Here's generic neighborhood. Any town USA. Yeah, yeah, and it's Christmas time. Like, yeah. That does is, that make Does that make Invasion USA a Christmas movie? No, I think it does. No, no it doesn't. I don't no. think this movie happens without that plot point. <laughs> <laughs> None of these it's things. Just watch the Christmas movie as Die Hard is. <laughs> no, what? No. <laughs> now, if you want to say it's just as much a Christmas movie as Lethal Weapon, okay, I'm on board. But Die Hard, uh. Uh-uh. Best Christmas movie. Yeah, so like they show this neighborhood, and then you know they just show up and blow all the houses up. <laughs> Luckily, you know, like the little girl that you see, you see her like, oh, she's okay, but her whole family got slaughtered. <laughs> she's so Yeah, <laughs> but she's got to feel good. I mean, that was the the first, and as far as I know, only handheld automatic uh, missile launcher in the history of man. <laughs> no, what you didn't see is they had like eight or nine of those things sitting in the bed of the truck. So they were all just lined up. Nope, and nope. just, he just, he just turned, fired another one, turned, fired another one. <laughs> yeah. That's the way. That, I mean, I, look, I know my military operations. That's the way it works. Now, actually, you know, speaking of which, uh, you know, if this was any other movie from any other studio, you know, you'd have some, like some strategic shots with, you know, a map spread over the hood of a truck, but <laughs> You don't get any of that shit. No. Not, not with a can. You mean, like, a, you mean like you would actually see a map with like a campaign or something like yeah. that? Of like, hey, we're pushing this way and that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I really think they're, they're, well, obviously, yeah. But I think really their plan was just to cause chaos here. I don't think there was like 
maybe Invasion Story. USA is is is, uh, is uh, not the proper title for this movie. You know, <laughs> it wasn't. It it's it more like a Invasion South Florida. Yeah, <laughs> Invasion Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> That's another porn movie, I think. Actually, yeah, the line uh, Smoke. I think you alluded to it earlier off air, but the line when he when he thre- he's threatening the guy and he ends up handing the dude a grenade and then just walks away. <laughs> but the, the guy that came in, he's like, he the guy's like, hey, what the fuck? He just pushes him off and then says, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you'll beg for a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line. But did you, did you guys notice whenever? So the the, the guy, the, the, I think he had a red shirt on, the, 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 the tough that comes in, right? That he threatens. He comes in, he says that line. Then the dude runs away. Then all of a sudden, the prostitute that was in the room with him, she she runs out to go get help that dude's downstairs and runs up to <laughs> runs up as the help like with the other Lou Ferrigno type dude yeah. <laughs> it's continuity all blown oh, all to hell there yeah through this entire movie there's there's just so many continuity issues the missile launcher that uh, there's a there's a scene with uh, like the woman trying out the cocaine it's in big mounds yeah. and then like 2 seconds later it's in like you know like credit card lines Maybe they were just. <laughs> yeah, they they were just anticipating him getting his dick blown off so much that they just said, "Fuck continuity. We just need to get to it. We need to see it." It's too. We didn't talk about that guy right before he shot uh, Billy Drago on the nut in the dick. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> bam that they bam that girl's head down on the little you know her little metal. Oh yeah, poster. fuck. It went right in her like brain basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, just throws like, her out. Yeah, snorting the coke. Snorting the coke with like one of those metal straws or whatever the hell, and he's like, just like he does he does the Joker disappearing act on her, like you know it goes up her nose and, <laughs> and then she screams and then he throws her out the fucking window. <laughs> it's just like damn, all right, well, I guess that's that one hard. way to stop her. <laughs> yeah. Really thinking back on that scene, like what the fuck was the point of all that? <laughs> like, I, I think it didn't add to it. For yeah, Chuck Norris's character to get the one guy, and that guy was eventually going to go back to the boss. I think ultimately is what, what that whole scene is about. I'm mm-hmm. still curious as to how Hunter gets all of his information throughout the movie. Like, that there should have been at least a little oh, bit of like. It's maybe, easy. It's right here in the script. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> maybe that was part of like I think I think what Austin was talking about how like the the the, the role of the uh, reporter was supposed to I think supposed to be bigger than it was. So maybe there would have been a few things explained there if they'd have, you know, maybe expanded the role a little bit or, mm. you know, something like maybe he's getting his information from her kind of thing. Except the way it's played in the movie, she just keeps, she just happens to be in all these random places that he shows up to. And yeah, then she just, and every time she just runs him down, like, what, why aren't you doing anything, Hunter, you son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the one scene where she, she frisbees the garbage can lid at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was so, uh that was awful. <laughs> so funny. And I think that's how they wrote her all. Like I don't think you saw her again after that. Hunter, you son of a bitch. She hooks a yeah, garbage can lid and then just and then just and then you never see her again. What about the uh the famous mall scene? Oh god. I you know what? And there were a lot of great parts, but my I would probably say my favorite part was the uh, little mall security truck, little yeah. little thing that was just like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was like, nope, that it you turn. 
Yeah, that that's that was a definitely a great memorable scene. I'd say between like say the mall scene, uh, the neighborhood, you know, blowing up the neighborhood mm. scene. Yeah. But, I mean, they they were they looked good because they were real, you know, like like he pointed out. So like, yeah, those are definitely memorable scenes because of that because you're really actually seeing some real sh- built shit getting blown up. You know, it just it looked great. Like we always say, practical effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, something else is when. Um, you know, he was uh, he was shooting out of his uh, out of his truck, uh, Hunter, and um, mm. he he went from a handgun to two Uzis in less than a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was like bang, bang with the handgun, and then well, that's that's because it's two Chuck Uzis. Norris, I assume, but <laughs> or it could be a continuity error. I don't know. It's one or the other. It, it is impressive, like through this entire movie. But I noticed it. I really noticed it in the mall scene. All the times that the uh, terrorists have the jump on him, are already pulling up their guns, and Chuck Norris is just faster. Yeah. <laughs> and he's time. bulletproof. That well, yeah. that all that all jives. That makes sense. So the the smoke I think you mentioned earlier, the moving the bomb off the bus scene where he just drives up beside it and then takes the just like because they put a bomb on the side of a school bus and it's full of kids. And he just takes it off the side of it and then <laughs> pulls it up to the side of the terrorist. <laughs> Toss it this. So I'm like, did you, you did you leave this behind or did you forget this or whatever? And then just tosses that at him. And then did, is that when like they, it didn't just blow up? Didn't they drive into the side of a car and then it blew up? Uh, well, they, now they just like hide or you know or, or what you call it? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, they slid like, and then it blew up. What, which one am I thinking yeah. of? Where, there was another. Oh, it was the grenade in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. like they just they just ran into like a used car lot and then. <laughs> yeah, that was the one where they had gotten the report. No. Um, Chuck Norris and the reporter were in, a, were in a car and they were chasing down that one guy that yeah. grabbed like a random girl. Yeah. 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 Talking about like those like, bomb scenes. How about the, the scene where they're setting the bomb up outside the church? <laughs> the briefcase bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like they pretty much walked in a straight line from the truck to the church, put it on the front of the church steps. <laughs> yeah. They go to explode it. Somehow they didn't notice that Chuck Norris, A, stole it. Yeah. B, had time to get upstairs, <laughs> get on the roof above them, <laughs> behind them, and above them. <laughs> Chuck Norris is a Marvel superhero. Yes, yes, he is. That that is awesome though. Like it's something. It's basically the same kind of line too. Like you forgetting something or whatever, and then he just dropped it on them and blew. Them <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Like it didn't work. Oh, now it will. I think that's what he said. It, yeah, like, something like that. He's got the wires and they just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then whenever, uh, you know, there was like gunfire, you would always hear the same exact one, uh, like action flick, uh, ricochet sounds from like the A-team. Oh, yeah. It's it's stock footage. It's like stock sound effect. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't notice this, but uh, I saw this online. Uh, When he shot the couple at the beginning of the movie that was uh, about to hook up, Mm -hmm. um, there was a silencer on the gun. Oh, yeah. But it's still <laughs> loud shot. as fuck. <laughs> the sound the, they just put the sound effect in there? Yeah, yeah oh, usually, the mo- usually the movie sound effect is like, you know, when it's like a silencer, like, no, this is bam, bam. <laughs> that gun the- must have been 
fucking loud without that silencer then. Uh, yeah. And then the little TV blew up. Like, you know, they had one of those little like portable TVs from back in the day that took like 1800 D batteries. <laughs> Maybe that's what caused it to blow up. <laughs> the fucking thing blew up. Oh, yeah. Man. Speaking of like noises and, and whatnot. So at the end, whenever like literally World War Three is going on outside <laughs> and Hunter's inside the building, kind of like the, having the final face off with uh, Rostov. Every time it would cut back and forth between the chaos outside and in the building, the, inside the building is perfect silence. Like yeah. they're just upstairs right next door to like chaos, but perfect silence. You don't hear a bullet. You know, there's, ta- there's fucking tanks, dude. Tanks. And you don't hear shit. <laughs> There's fucking tanks, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I mean, just, it, that's canon for you, man. Like they should have at least like dubbed in like the the noise in the background or something, you know? Like oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it just so. How about the ending? How about the it's ending? Time. You... <laughs> <laughs> but he like whispers it or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, was that a callback to something he had said to him before? Well, I mean, he did say it's time to die, and like in his dream. Remember, because Rostov had a dream. He said, "So, it's so time Chuck to Norris die. knows." So Chuck Norris knows, or I'm sorry, Hunter knows Rostov's dreams. Yeah, uh, well, that, right the first time he also yeah. <laughs> he also told uh, uh, the guy who told him where where to find him. Um, he he said, you know, if you see Rostov, tell him it's time to die. <laughs> he did say it then. So then he whispers it to him, and then they <laughs> they had a duel with rocket launchers. They just straight up had like a <laughs> high noon duel with like who can shoot it all faster. <laughs> That's a different kind Dude, of duel. This has nothing to do with that scene. You just reminded me of right before that scene. Uh, Chuck Norris's character is about to walk through the uh, the doors. He walks through one door, everything's fine, and he's about to walk through another door. And there's two guys on the other side. What he had like a rocket launcher or something and shoots it into the into the wall. The wall explodes. And I <laughs> think it like kills like two people. But there's there's holes on each side of the wall. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. <Fuck. laughs> there's there's two things there. One is Chuck Norris and two is nineteen eighty five. And yeah. and there was fucking tanks, dude. <laughs> there were fucking tanks, dude. <laughs> And you didn't hear shit. Oh my god! So yeah, this is this is going to be interesting to see what our uh, our ratings and, and stuff are. So we'll, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, go around the table and we'll start with you. What's your uh, thoughts and final thoughts and star rating? How many cannonballs are you giving it? There are a lot of things to say. Give it one. Uh, there are a lot of things to say. Give it eighty three. <laughs> so I, th- I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hit around uh, three and a half cannonballs. There are so many things. That are so wrong, they're right. <laughs> so uh, that that's going to be a big factor in uh, why I went that high. Donnie, what about you? Oh, I'm. I would say a similar rating. Uh, you know, nonstop action, Chuck Norris, explosions, shit that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> you know, just yeah. I, I'm actually going to go a little higher. I'm going to say three and three quarter cannonballs. All right, Smoke. What do you say? Oh, I mean, this is for a cannon movie. You can't. It's hard to. Get much bigger than this. Chuck Norris, a huge budget for canon. Richard Lynch, Billy Drago, and a you know, <laughs> a very memorable, however short scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that seems like his move too. Like 
sick fuck. Like, because he does it twice. Like, who's I don't remember what scene it was where he shot the other guy in the dick. I don't remember. Is it the? Uh, it was. Uh, it was. I think it's when he got black. pissed at somebody, right? Yeah, it's the guy that like came in. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that oh, guy that, that ratted him out. Had ratted him out or whatever. He's just like you, motherfucker, and then just pulled pow, 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 right in the dick. <laughs> Like, why is that his mercenary move? Is just shooting dudes in the dick. Oh man, but yeah, it's uh, I mean, this is this is kind of top notch for me, top tier canon when it comes to canon. As as you said, we have the sliding canon scale here for grading yeah. movies. That's yeah, yeah. I, I can't go any lower than five great big Chuck Norris sized cannonballs. I think. <laughs> Honestly, Smoke, I think I'm gonna go with you. I can't I can't disagree. And and Austin said five cannonballs as well. Yeah, uh, you know, just a reference from earlier. He said five as well. Like, yeah, yeah, like. On, on this canon scale, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go five because, like, I, like, it's almost like I said when we did Over the Top, I know that there's much worse waiting on us as we go further along down the, the old cannon fodder hole here. So, like, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, these are we've seen some of the good ones. Trust me. Like, <laughs> and there's still plenty of other good ones left, you know, for us, obviously. But there's a lot of turds, too. So, yeah. You know that eventually we'll get to to one that won't be so yeah. won't be so happy about watching. But uh, so yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll leave it there. We we don't do a kill count, but uh, Will, you were talking off air. You actually found a kill count that you wanted to point out. Yeah, apparently it's a uh, hundred and twenty nine. How this number was brought up? Yeah, how I, do you I think, count all the people in that final fight. I think that's just the people that Chuck Norris looked at because that <laughs> that that seems low. That seems well, low. according to this. Matt Hunter's on-screen body count was 30. Oh, well, literally World War Three damn near breaks out, you know. <laughs> By the way, like, this would be like a nationwide crisis, right? Like, this seemed very localized. I, I thought he said something. I saw an interview with Chuck Norris where he said that was supposed to be going on all across the USA. Of course, they don't have the budget to show all that. But I guess you're supposed to believe that it's going on in other cities, but they don't have a Matt Hunter in their town, I guess. So they're yeah. probably on the <laughs> So really, in the end, all he did, all he managed to do is save like the greater Fort Lauderdale area. The rest of the U.S. is fucked. No, no. See, this is what y'all don't know about terrorist organizations. You cut off the head, everything else shrivels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, now now it's all coming together. Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) And of course, we don't do the gore score since it's not a horror movie. So, but we do still have the Canon Connections. Canon Connections. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Uh, basically, what we do with uh, Canon Connections, we connect the current movie episode by any cast and crew connections to uh, past Spook Show episodes, you know, including horror, uh, including, you know, Crapster Peace Theater as well. There are no cast uh, connections, but uh, there are on the on the crew side. Howard Berger um, did the uh, special effects makeup for, well, he's, he's part of the crew, the special effects makeup crew. Ford Invasion USA. Uh, he has uh, 364 IMDb credits. He also ties back to The Green Inferno, which we did, um, Annabelle, and House of Wax. Um, but I would also mention that, uh, and this may come as a surprise to uh, Smoke or you know the rest of you, horror icons Tom Savini and Greg Nicotero also worked on Invasion USA. Hmm. I can see it with the connection, though, with Joseph Zito. Joe Zito directing uh, Friday 13th, the final chapter, mm. and 
Savini doing the effects. Yeah. I didn't know that going into it, but I can yeah, I, I see where they probably got pulled into it from. And that scene where like at the end when he he just fucking blows Rostov up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there, there is like, you know, because it, it, it's super slow mode, of course, uh, you do see like, uh, you know, body parts and like a leg oh, yeah. or a foot, you know, like parts of him just flying out of the window. So, yeah, I'm sure Savini and those guys had something to do with that, I would imagine. Yeah. But anyways, there we go. That's that's the latest cannon fodder. That's Invasion USA. So happy Memorial Day to everybody. So that, <laughs> but coming up next week. We're finally going to be starting Camp Spook Show. Now, the whole mm. the whole point and the whole oh, yeah. theme theme of the summer is basically all the movies that we do, whether it's Colt Corner, whether it's Cannon Fodder, and, of course, our horror reviews and even Spook Show Spotlights. They're all going to be summer camp related. So it has to have something to do with the summer camp. We also do a rotation of, of picks now. So it just so happens that, Will, this is your choice to kick off Camp Spook Show. And then the only requirement is that it has to be a newer release. So... So in our our book, the 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 line is anything newer is two thousand the year two thousand up to present. So what you got? So yeah, I'm gonna go with a movie I've never seen before. You might be the killer, 2018 horror slasher film. A little synopsis I found was a camp counselor suffering from memory loss, memory loss suddenly finds himself surrounded by murder victims and turns to his horror movie enthusiast friend for help. So this this could be it sounds kind of screamish because yeah. i've never seen this smoke have you seen it no i haven't seen it yet donnie no no i, uh, I have not <clears throat> so here we go it's the rare occasion where all four of us have not seen this movie so mm. uh we'll get that out next week that will kick off camp spook show pretty much throughout the entirety of the summer uh on all of our things that we do all the sub series probably even over on the library the professor right smoke i'm sure you'll You'll have some stuff cooked up over there on Patreon. You know, we'll, we'll kind of lean into some of that stuff on Deadline Horror News every Wednesday, too, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern over on our YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for this week's uh, episode and for Cannon Fodder. And uh, for uh, Donnie and Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook, Spook Show. <laughs> we are the All-American Spook Show. And we will see, you know, we're, we're some kind of damn show. I, who knows what we are? <laughs> oh, shit show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are the shit show, so we, we'll talk to you next week. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.